0: This is the 8th of April 2014, and this is the audio podcast, Show 110, Fruit Salad Orcs. I'm Scott here, and this week I'm joined, as always, though not always as always, but sometimes, by... Samuel Freeman, that's me. I'm back,
1: still in holiday mode, but I am here just about. And we also have... Adam Young. Hello, everybody. Don't... Hello.
2: There are a, a number of ways that you can consume the audio podcast like a fine cheese or you can contact the audio podcast not like a fine cheese because you don't contact fine cheese. Um, contacting we've got Twitter at the audio podcast show at the audio uk. if you like uh, emailing and don't forget of course you can go to the website and follow the notes that we use to basically do the show as it goes out live. That is at theaudiopodcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash one one zero for today's show. Shall we get started?
0: OK, so much like those fine cheeses already discussed, often we want to shape and finally tune the texture of our music. And to that end, Muck DSP have announced the release of three new EQ rack extensions.
1: They have indeed. Ooh. They have the MuQ and the FRG Triple E, and there's another one which is the E six seven zero. There
0: we go. Yeah.
1: And we'll name Yeah.
0: They're, they're just. I love like crazy names. Are just fantastic. So the MuQ is an emulation. Is a is, is an emulation of a tube kind of style EQ. Apparently there was a great line in it. It apparently goes with audio tracks like milk goes with cookies. Yeah.
2: Mm. Mm. But it's good to have the cookies first, and then have the milk to wash down the cookies afterwards.
0: That's very true. The uh, three-band E670 is built for master bus tracks and for groups. kind of like, you know, there you go, like that. And then the FRG triple e, I like the way you said that, Sam. I think that Tripoli e, that was cool. Um, it's a it's it's described as a modern four-band EQ with a high-low shelf and uh, parametric mid-bands. So there we go. Ooh. Available right now and in some sort of uh, bundle as well as as a deal if you want to.
1: And is that, oh, that's for, that's rack extensions. So that's for, for reason. reason.
0: Yeah. It is,
1: but do you know what seems to be missing from these? Um, they oh. don't seem to have control, like the CV inputs on the back. They've got audio in, audio out, but they don't appear to have control inputs. for Like, Ooh. modulating these parameters, which... An uh, oversight perhaps. For, for 99 euros, that seems like a bit of an oversight, yeah. yeah.
2: And are, are these available also as standard type plugins, like your VST and your AU and your AAX type
1: plugins. I guess we would have to look up McDSP, as I am doing now, and see if they have it on their own website.
0: Yeah, certainly the email that I got through, the email I got through from their press team last, uh, this week was was just about the, the rack releases, so I, I have to confess, I'm saying, who knew that the audio podcast doesn't actually know of the existence <laughs> of every single plugin in the world? It's... Uh,
1: it's t- It's awful it's terrible rack DSP on their front page um, have several EQ plugins listed, none of which are the same names as these ones we're talking about so, so
0: we, we would suspect that these are reason rack extensions at the moment, uniquely so but I guess if you if you know if you use one and you really love it in reason I guess um, DSP would be keen to you know keen, keen to find out about that and they may well be tempted to put them into some other environment as well yeah. that's cool. Um, when I'm a well, I, I, I'm just abandoning a tenuous link. Um, e Instruments have a have <laughs> also released some grand uh, some new grand piano uh, models as well, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Do Do you find I this is something I never can never decide about? I, I, many years ago, there was a point where I was like, these pianos sound terrible. You know, like on mm. keyboards, pianos were terrible, and you just didn't you just used electric pianos and dealt with the fact they didn't sound like real pianos. But that kind of that kind of emotion for me passed many years ago. So I'm always intrigued, by the way, that people keep on releasing additional kind of you know soft piano instruments. But they they still do so. E instruments have done here in this case. They're the, um, the the session keys with two piano models in it: a grand S, which is a Steinway D4, and a grand Y, which is a Yamaha CF uh, yeah. IIS.
1: And these are sample-based um, things, I think. These have been recorded and processed, so you're accessing, yeah. They're not. It's not synthesis. They are, yeah. It's, we're not, they're not models. It's, it's sample-based, yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah.
0: Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They are, are sample-based libraries. Yeah. That's. Um. It, there you go. I'm saying. I, I just wondered about the release on these. A couple of key feet cool features they do have in them in the, having them though is a smart co, cur- smart chord. Which does um, harmony, accom- harmony accompaniment for you. There's a, a session animation which actually does a kind of counter melody so you can actually play, a, play along against it if you wish. And then, then there is also the pentamorph system inside it as well, which allows you to actually change the, the kind of spectral content of the sounds as well. So It has quite a lot of extra bits on the end of it, which seemed far more interesting than the actual main thing, which was here are some new piano instruments. Hmm. You guys I guess
1: that seems a uh, concern to me. I'm, I'm not really. I think no. I was trying to work out whether the pentamorph thing they've got is just kind of mixing between different, some you know, different microphone positions, perhaps. Mm. But one of them is um, listed, you know, because yeah, but one of them is listed reversed. So I think there's probably a bit more going on there. But that is the advantage that you have with these kind of like digital realm things is that you can go beyond. I you mean, know, you can try and emulate something that's real, but then you can push it into. Things that you can't do in the physical world, which uh, cool. make things more interesting. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, session keys is available now and requires the native instrument contact Player uh, version 5.2.1 or
2: higher. <laughs> Excellent. Um, now moving on to still software, but iOS software. iOS, iOS. Uh, Of course, Audiobus 2 was released very recently and apps are now on the road to updating to the new Audiobus 2 standard. Positive Grid are there. They've got that uh, (coughs) support built into JamUp XT, JamUp Pro XT, Bias and Final Touch. So if you are owners of such, of said apps, you can go and update and benefit from all the lovely Audiobus 2 goodness. I'm kind of looking at these jam up things. I like the idea of plugging a guitar into a small thing like that, and having this amazing amount of connectivity and not connectivity, flexibility in making sound and changing changing your guitar's sound, and that kind of thing. I think it's a it's a nice idea. Yeah, but uh, I think you need a good interface for it to get the best audio quality.
0: Yeah, I'm actually. I, I know that we've had many discussions on this show about how unsold on the whole kind of iPhone plugin and kind of thing, kind of thing, and we've had these discussions many times. And I don't, I don't want to revisit that discussion too much. But I, I did just mention that actually, you have there kind of highlighted a usage case to me that does make really good sense. Actually, I was um, work, working on a project and somebody came in and had a was using their phone to do to do some processing, and I thought to myself, you know what? Actually, if if you're just wanting to kind of demonstrate the sort of sound you're thinking is going to go into this, then it's much nicer to just be able to bring your phone, plug it into your phone and be done, than it is to have to, you know, than it is to bring a pedal board or, you know, a full set of things like that. So I was actually really impressed with that that, that kind of use. It would
2: be great for taking with you somewhere and, like, if you've just got a spare couple of hours, you can plug your guitar straight into your phone and put your headphones on and do it all. Mm there, with not a huge amount of kit, and as you say, not having to cart around all this um, all this pedal board malarkey, plug it in and get power and all this kind of stuff. I, It's a nice little system, I'd say.
1: Because It beats, I've got, um, it's lying around, got these little, little Amplug box things that kind of, you know, it's a small thing mm. that you can put in your pocket and plug in and play with, but your phone's in your pocket anyway. So although you probably need some kind of interface to actually plug in. It gives you a lot more flexibility than a of lot that we were buying ten years ago. So
2: I've got a couple of those Vox amp plugs, and they're nice little things. I use one to practice my bass, but you don't get any control apart from your kind of most basic amp controls. Whereas on a some, something like this, you know, you can set up different effects and uh, change amp models and do all this kind of stuff. So I mean, it's a jump up. You know, you do have to pay, you do have to spend money to get the phone first. The amp plugs are like £30 each, so they're good basic little things. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so um, Positive Grids, iOS apps, ready for bus 2. Hooray.
0: Excellent. So um, also, in, I guess we quickly touched on amps amp, so we could head in that sort of direction. With, with the combination of amps and iOS devices, um, I, IK Multimedia have released um, Amplitude Orange for um, iOS devices as well.
2: Mm, oranges.
1: Mm. <laughs> so I'm guessing that since the name is attached orange, the makers of it have kind of endorsed these models as yes, these sound like the things they're supposed to sound like.
0: <sighs> yes, and uh, I believe they were, I believe it was a collaboration as well. So um, they're, they're they are they they are emulations of the kind of classic orange amps of of lore was there as well so things like the or 50 the fundover um the, the tiny terror which i think is pretty close to the boxes that you were just i always used to associate those with those little boxes actually but anyway that you were just waving in front of us even and though I course, know I'm not meant to. but
2: <laughs> if you buy if you buy now you get uh, two two years of of free 4g connectivity oh wait a minute no that's the other orange isn't it ah oh. oh, <laughs>
0: See, see what you've done there, Adam.
2: Anyway, Orange don't do 4G. It's technically EE that do 4G. So uh, I was wrong there too. I should have said 3G. I would have been safe.
0: I think we should. Um, I, I, I'm going to go back to it here. No, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just going to keep. I'm just going to keep pushing on for this. Something I did spot about this story, though, which was very interesting to me, and I'd be interested. Well, perhaps you have thoughts about this. But the Amplitude Orange comes with a single-track recorder mm-hmm. built into it. But that re- recorder is expandable through like a, an in-app purchase to become a multi-channel recorder, um, and also it does also support inter audio and is audio bus compatible. There's no mention about one or two actually, but I presume they mean to, because releasing after Audiobus two, you would expect that to be the case. But um, I, I just thought, you know, is it, you know, it just struck me this idea that you have a single track recorder, and like, would you need? Do you need more than a single track recorder, and why would you want to pay for more? And I just.
2: Well I might I think it means it probably means overdubbing it probably means multi track mm. in that you can record multiple tracks and play them back at the same time yeah. rather than necessarily recording multiple tracks at once that's what I would assume you though would assume. I haven't looked at the spec so yeah mm,
0: okay. I just I just worry that this are, are we still, are we kind of heading into this world where you start you know people just start carving off random bits of functionality purely so they can ask you to pay for them again and I, I've always had concerns about this because you just end up with things which are kind of incomplete or
2: well, kind of
0: just have arbitrary it limits it. Of, you know,
2: know it's, it's a way of making the app process, you know, it's, it's two-sided. It means that people who don't want to go the whole way and buy lots of functionality don't have to, but the functionality is there and the software company can get more money for people who want to purchase those things. So, you know, yeah. I'm fine with it. It's it's more to do with uh, the value of it and if it's done correctly. It has to be done right, or...
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. It's it's nice that they've got a... They've decided to put the recording stuff in the, in the free app, at mm. least, so you can try it out and be like, oh yeah, I quite like this. I could see... Why I would use a multi-track recorder? Oh, I'll, oh, that's in uh, in that purchase. That ain't too much. I'll buy that. You know,
0: yeah,
2: it, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Oh, fair enough. It's, it's okay. It just struck me, you know, was never something sure I wasn't particularly happy about. It, so. yeah.
2: Well, there are lots of things you're not happy about, Scott. There are lots yeah, of things you. I'm not happy about, um, including the um, Daniel question. Oh, Scott, yeah. Sam, has Logic been updated this week? No, no.
1: I actually checked just before I came on just now, um, and it's not, you know, yeah, still not right. been updated since January 9. Shocking.
2: <sighs> Shocking. It's been Shocking. almost three months, and there's a lot left to fix. There's a lot left to
0: fix. Well, <laughs> let's keep on going. The quiz is on hiatus until after Easter. This well, I've, got, I've, got I've
2: got my so... answer. I've got to answer oh, my yes. question from last week.
0: An... Adam has an answer from the question that I forgot was in last week's show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was just one um, question last week. What was you, what was the question? And I will answer it. Because <coughs> it's not in the notes.
0: No, it's not in the notes, is it? It was a complete failure. Is it not what instrument was originally released as a PCI expansion?
2: Uh, what, what synthesis system did Korg release? Oh, what synthesizer did Korg release, which was originally released as a PCI PCI card in a PCI card format yes, the answer is Oasis with the y with the y basically um, before Oasis was a keyboard because Oasis was a very expensive keyboard, it really was, but um, they were building the technology and they decided to actually build it into a PCI card before they released the keyboard because the PCI card version wasn 't as expensive. Um, and they wanted to try out the technology. I think that was the idea. So they released that first, and then they finished. They decided to finish the keyboard system and release that. Um, and that, as they say, is that.
0: Cool.
1: So okay. no, qu- no questions this week. No questions. I, c- I might drag the show out a tiny bit longer because I was holding back on my thoughts on the pre- on the last story we did on the oh. in-app purchasing of things, and what you just said kind of links. Directly into it, which is that, in, like traditionally, makers would have different kind of grades of, like the four tracks we talked about recently, linked to it. So you, often would release two four tracks at the same time, one with less functionality, one with more functionality. And these days with software, you get like the basic software, and then you can upgrade. You can, like this choice of like expanding the thing you bought to include the extra stuff. But <laughs> someone's phoning in the answer now. Um, oh, brilliant. Yeah, but how does that, like with with software, is it, see it's not a fully formed question or comment, which is why I held back on it before, but there's, there is a disparity here, like it seems like the hardware model of complexity to value is still there, but with software, I mean obviously it does take, there is more programming involved in making something that's more complicated, but how, you know. That, Technically,
2: from the perspective of programming in-app
1: purchases,
2: everything is there in the app that's uploaded, and it's just unlocked when you buy the in-app purchase, so uh, you could decide to just put it all in, or just have a very simple thing, Um, and doing the simple thing is actually easier. If you do in-app purchase, everything still has to be there, and it still has to work, so you still have to program in that complexity, um, and it's just people pay them to unlock that if that helps or and add something. You see,
0: my, my problem with my, my problem with this space is, um, and you actually kind of alluded to it in your in when you were saying Adam about the idea of modularity. You see, because my, my my point is that I can see the reason why I might want to be able to record the sound that I'm currently modifying inside. You know, through one of these orange rams. That makes perfect sense. Like, here's my sound. Oh, I really like this. I'm going to save it as a reference. I'm now going to email it to somebody. They can hear that. They can be like, yeah, see the kind of sound you're going for. We know what it is. You know, We know how that's working. I understand that. Okay. And I even understand the fact that I, I even understand that people might be interested in trying to multi-track a session onto their phone as well and do that kind of thing. And that's perfectly fine. And I see those two things as two completely separate, separate applications and you know, you could use Audiobus or Interact to shift the audio between the two locations. That is something that makes perfect sense to me. The thing that I'm starting to the thing that worries me though is the fact that you get something that does this, and then it seems to have a collection of like plug a collection of additional items which are essentially just more functionality that you probably could have probably could use something else to do. And it and it's that kind of thing that's starting to just get a little bit you know, I'm not so sure about because obviously we haven't. I haven't played with this this AK Multimedia ampli, you know, the Amplitude Orange. I haven't played with it. I haven't played with it properly. But I suspect that the the Amplitude emulations of the Orange amps are going to be brilliant. I suspect that the multi-track recorder is not the multi-tracker is not so great, and that that's just you know the kind of thing where I think one of the more dedicated multi-track environments might be. No, might be the better
2: choice um, well yeah 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 but remember of course that requires you to purchase one of those things you have to go and buy Aurea or Cubase or sorry Cubases or GarageBand yeah. so yeah. you knows. know one or the other I mean if the person is just a guitarist and they just want to be able to maybe layer up some guitars
0: yeah
2: the multi option within the amplitude uh, Apps, app, apps. Was it one app or was it multiple? It's apps? one app. Yeah, it's one app. It's one app with multiple models within it, um, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, they, they might as well put it in, is what I'm saying. You know, if they're going to put that in, they might as well put it in, and if people use it, they use it, and if people don't, they don't. Fair Some enough. Class. No, that, that's it's, fair it's more convenient. Enough. That's the thing, and that's the thing about iPhones, iPads things like that is they're designed to be convenient, so if you can add the convenience in people will likely go for it. It's a bit more complicated having to uh, audio bus your way out into something else um, and then jump app and go and record yeah. that and yeah, I'm going to stop there.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, well with that we have, having, having left the news, done the other, gone back to the news, we're now heading to The Plunder. Arr.
2: Murr. Oh wait, that wasn't a sound of a pirate. Sorry.
0: <laughs> and the story that Adam has actually added to the notes, but I, added today, because if you'd added this earlier on Adam, I could actually have arranged for a prop to have been available for you.
2: Oh, <laughs> That means that uh, Scott Hewitt probably has an old Atari hidden somewhere, and he would have just taped it to his face and worn it as a mask. So the uh, <laughs> the thing that I've posted is basically you know if, if you're old school if you want to be old school you want to get yourself an Atari an old-school Atari that could run eMagic Notator which is of course a predecessor to Logic um, then you can do that and then you can watch these tutorials to learn how to use eMagic Notator uh, and it's basically it's, I mean it's, there's a bit of copyright woe here, but basically someone had the video of these tutorials and the original VHS and has basically digitized it and broken it up and put it onto YouTube. So uh, I don't know if we really want to say that that's great, but it's there, it exists, so uh, go ahead.
0: Oh, uh, It's it delicious,
2: it. that's for sure.
0: Yep, my, one, <laughs> my very it really first. Plunder.
2: It really is plunder.
0: Well, one of my very first sequencing projects was actually done on the on one of these Ataris with Notator. Remember that. Uh, my
2: my early sequencing days uh, was Notator, the show.
0: And these um, th- there's lots of interesting things we could say about these Ataris. I think we've talked about them, but these are the Ataris with the most accurate MIDI ports on them.
2: Yes, well, they got MIDI built in. So you don't need an external MIDI interface, and because of that they've got very uh, a very tight integration with the operating system, so um, basically you get rock solid MIDI timing. I imagine you could also plug in a, a MIDI interface as well if you needed more ports um. via like a serial cable or something.
0: Perhaps you could put a. There were there were MIDI splitter ports. This is where the big the big MIDI splitter hardware stuff came from, because you could connect into like a big splitter port and have that do, have that break it out to different physical ports in that sort of hmm. way. Well, that would.
1: Are you talking about the through boxes? Because you're still only going to get sixteen ports with that kind. Of
2: thing. Yeah, you're still only get sixteen channels per MIDI
1: connection. It just means you've that lag like, that builds up if you're doing MIDI yeah, through yeah. all the time. By the time you get the end of the chain, you've introduced some latency. So sort the of yeah, MIDI it, I it's, suspect
0: it, it's that you are limited parts. to only sixteen. I, I don't think you could expand them actually. I'm not sure how you would have done that. You
1: need a, You need a yeah. To have more than sixteen channels, you need another MIDI port. Completely.
2: You know, this was the late 80s, stroke early 90s. So I don't think people were so worried because most of the most of the MIDI modules at the time would only have stereo output anyway, and limited effects. So, you know, it's probably not that much of a problem.
0: This is, the, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I think this is really, I, I got, I got, I'm, I'm actually fascinated about this area, um, as, a, as a lot of our listeners will know that I, I we're, we're all, well we all have been involved in teaching to, at some point, so it's down this whole space, and I've been doing this here, and one of the things that has increasingly came to my realisation is that the students I, I'm currently teaching have no idea about MIDI, no idea about the idea of MIDI sequencing whatsoever, they understand that you can do MIDI inside logic, but that is as far as they understand what MIDI sequencing is, they really have no idea there was a previous version of MIDI sequencing with, where you just sequenced MIDI and recorded audio out of MIDI devices as a separate step, sort of thing. They just well, don't
2: know. Or you mixed it, like your outputs from your MIDI devices would go into the mixing desk and that then you mix it in the mixing desk.
0: Yeah. and it, And it is interesting how much that, you know. The, the consequences of those kind of effects and the th- things they are. So I think it's interesting and I, I think I could actually find myself recommending these uh, tutorials to people to observe just for method and technique because I think it's, it, well, they it's do interesting go, to see how things have changed in that sort of way.
2: the The guy does actually explain not just Notator itself but the Atari, you know, setting up the Atari but also a little bit more about the wider MIDI network. So, mm-hmm. He actually has an Alessis SR16 and a, an original Proteus 1 oh, module wow. connected into um, connected to the Atari and he says this is how you connect this up, you know, you connect your MIDI B port to this and da da da. Uh, so it also provides that element of the abstraction from the MIDI to the hardware which is nice.
0: That's awesome stuff, that's cool. Excellent. I could, um, as a complete aside on, on to the end of this, that's a great piece, of, great piece of plunder there. Something else I would mention is that if you do happen to get a hold of a couple of these Atari 1040s, there's a really awesome game of a mix of Pac-Man and Doom, and Doom where you can you play in a Pac-Man maze, in a three-dimensional Pac-Man maze, with a gun, and you run around shooting things, but the really cool thing is you can actually, what you do is you link all the machines together through their MIDI ports, and you can actually play multiplayer inside this environment using MIDI as the connection.
2: It was, called MIDI, really it was,
0: was called, it M- called MIDI Maze. Was it called MIDI Maze? Okay.
2: Yeah. I, I actually had awesome. a quick look at a video of that just before I saw the the, tu- the notator tutorials. So there's a you know, there's some gameplay vids on uh, MIDI maze as well.
0: That's fantastic. So you should go check those. That's that's very cool. Oh, that's a great item, Adam. Good work there. The final plunder item is from myself, I think, unless Sam's added anything and I haven't no. refreshed the page in time. In which case, this is an NPR um, kind of radio show which you can listen to, or they have an article which accompanies it which you can have a read, which basically looks into why we like to listen to the same music over and over and over again. Mm. Which I, I thought to myself, that's not true, and then I looked at my iTunes Frequently Played list and discovered that it's actually very true.
2: It's very true. And it's partially because, it's come about partially because, it's possible, it has been possible for over a hundred years to do that,
0: mm.
1: to,
2: to listen to the same thing over and over again. And you know, that's what you can say.
1: that's I suppose even before then people would be singing and playing and performing the same songs, I mean it's not the same thing but you're experiencing the same musical structure again and again.
2: Well yeah, but then there's there's also the whole argument of how much the record influences how music is performed and how much music performance influences how things are recorded and it's this whole, I kind of covered it in my PhD thing um, uh, in, in the early part of the PhD um, and it's it's kind of very interesting it's very interesting but people are very very connected to, uh, they're attached to that way of listening to something, the, the recorded version mm-hmm. and that yeah. being like the uh, the definitive version of the thing.
0: No, that's, that's that's very interesting. I I don't know how. I I something I was thinking about from a personal point of view. Something that I've become increasingly aware of is the fact that I I while I I like listening to you know like the same songs I, you know like a small subset over and over again. And something I've realised is that I actually really enjoy listening to covers of those songs as well. If that makes sense, like I I really enjoy listening to covers, as well. Probably more so than I enjoy. Listening to random stuff in the attempt to discover something new. But right. there you go. That's it. Just an observation. Anyway, you know what? You can listen to that. You can have a listen to the NPR article if you want to. It's available online. Um, have a listen to it and see if you enjoy it or not. There, as they say. In a um, in in audio podcast only related news sort of style. Um, Adam kind of. Uh, Brought the topic to mind there, and there's little no discussion there. We have the opportunity to say congratulations to Sam. Congratulations, Thank Sam! Thank you, yes,
1: I heard you guys last week. That's <laughs> I have no idea when i we be graduating. I have corrections to do and all that. I don't know if it'll be the same time as you or not, Scott. It would be funny if it was. But,
0: yeah. it, it would be It would be cool if it was. It would indeed be. But that means that we can, that means that we are now your most overqualified source of audio, audio news.
2: Are we? Great. Really? Quite partly. Have you checked
0: I, I am fairly certain of that fact okay <laughs> not not entirely but but between us we have a collection of uh, qualifications in this field so.
2: that's true that is true well we have we have a collection of qualifications in the, in the field of music technology and audio and that but not in doing podcasts
0: no that's true that's true one of us should go write a, a, a doctorate in a um, podcast technologies or something.
2: Well, I think you should do that, Scott, because you love podcasts.
0: Well, I don't
2: know. I remember when you used to do about 20 podcasts a week.
1: And,
0: <laughs> and, That's true. Yeah, we did do loads, actually, and surprisingly. Anyway, you know what? We, we Actually, we don't need to worry about this anymore, do we? Because people know that they can just like stop listening towards the end, and it's fine. Um, we should wrap the show. Let, let's wrap the show. Let's let's wrap it up. Indeed. So, um, you know what? Well, there we go. That was the audio podcast show one one zero fruit salad orcs. Um, I well, I am Scott Hewitt. I will not be here next week. I'm taking a week off, so I will I will be back post Easter.
1: I'm Samuel Freeman. My internet connection dropped out for a minute, but came back just in time to say goodbye. Um, I will be back next week with Adam. Yes, yes, yes. We will shall we shall return.
2: Uh, And uh, are we doing this uh, anymore until, because we're going on break, basically. After next week, we're going to go on Easter break. And then I think we'll come back and reboot the the quiz more forcefully.
0: The quiz will return after Easter, yes. In fact, the quiz will return on the 29th of April.
2: Mm, So there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that has been show 110 of the audio podcast. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.